Hey guys, it's Victor Nix from Stream of Thought, and we just want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. We've been looking at our Podbean account recently, and we have many much appreciated downloads and listeners from different parts of the world. Yes, you heard it correctly, the world. And we would love to get your feedback, so please send us an email if you have any thoughts, comments, ideas, suggestions, or... Leave a like, rating, review on Stitcher or iTunes. And let us know maybe if there's something that you've heard us talk about but you want to hear us talk about more or just something, anything new at streamofthoughtpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you. All right, we're back for another episode of Stream of Thought. And on 77 today, we begin by talking about, uh, of all things, our favorite ongoing behind-the-scenes <laughs> stories of Stream of Thought. We averted a huge disaster by my uh, spidey sense intuition just immediately kicking in. Let me tell you, it was uh, it was a very close call and one worth listening to. And then Victor transitions into uh, the something we've been meaning to talk about for a while, his hard drive. We geek out for a little bit, switching hard drives, <laughs> talking about external hard drives, memory cards... And then there's a kind of a transition into March Madness and uh, traditions in that regard. We don't spend too much time no, on that. And then that relays but, just talking about like Purdue University where I went to school and just my loyalty or lack thereof. And then just kind of Indiana culture versus Chicago Chicagoland culture. Chicago. Area culture. Yeah. So with that being said, episode number 77, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. All right, can I just start off by saying, uh, I feel like we need to have a little therapy session because this has been an ongoing saga behind the scenes of Stream of Thought, and I feel like we need to finally bring this out into the open. What therapy session? I'm talking about Dulce. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This has been an ongoing saga for the past, God knows, like three months or so that I feel like let's let's sort of backtrack. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to tell the story? Because you're probably a little more okay. Let me tell. Okay, attuned to, and I'll yes. fill in the blanks because yeah, I'm okay. sure that you're going to overlook some very important characteristics, <laughs> bend character a few flaws, etc. Et omit a few details. Yes. So we're going back towards when we were. Gosh, I'd only like episode twenty or so. Of no, this was. I don't know. This wasn't at that. Maybe, maybe, maybe actually it was I don't around know. that time it's been a while yeah it was before you went to minnesota yeah okay yeah so you're right it was probably around that time so a brief synopsis uh we're recording one time and the cleaning lady comes in while we're recording and we had to stop and we kept the recording going and she was asking if she should take out the trash or whatever and she's like oh do you speak spanish and rick's like no victor does so i start speaking to her and I don't know, for like the initial time, it's like maybe five or ten minutes, and we thought it was funny. We included it in our episode. That's right. Yeah, And we did. it was kind of funny. And then it happened a second time, maybe later that week or a couple weeks after that. It was that. a couple weeks after I that. I can't remember. Yes. It happened a second time while we were recording. Right. She again. came in. Yeah. And it was like, oh man! It was like kind of funny again. Like it was just kind of like, eh, it but. was. It was. It was. It may have been funny for you. It was less funny for me because it ended up extending. It was. Uh, it was significantly longer than I'd say yes. the first time it was. At yes. least twice as long. So first time, but five it was minutes, still tolerable. Time, it was tolerable. It was like, oh, she's a nice lady. Like she, she seems to need some attention, kind yeah. of thing. And but. then it happens a third time, and it's just like, okay, uh, we're just trying to record right now. 
And what has happened each time in between when we leave the studio and she's in the hallway or on the first floor or wherever, I get just sucked into a conversation with her. And the whole time that I'm conversing with her, I'm thinking, when is this going to end? And we discovered on another episode, one of my weaknesses is just leaving a conversation that I don't want to be in. I just can't. I, I'm not strong enough to just walk out of a conversation. To be an asshole. Or to even say, like, oh, I need to get going. My my plan is that I just He's let them... Full, you become I, fully engaged with the person after, like, that moment of introduction. You're just, like, you're in a conversation, and you can't end it until it's over. But the, even then, like, because I like talking to her for about five minutes, and then I want to leave, and then I just <laughs> wait for her to keep talking and talking, and, like, I let her decide when the conversation's over. And it really sucks because it's just like the same shit over and over again. And 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 I think that's the thing too is like nothing against Dulce at all. Yeah. Like she's a wonderful woman. Uh, however, I, after we talk, it feels like every sort of time it's the exact same thing. Like call my daughter to you know like get let me you know, know like, if you need a job. It's let like, me know if you need been a job. Over it's this. like uh, I like don't need a job. I'm not time. calling your daughter. Um, and so what will happen is when uh, Victor has gotten to the point now of sending me out as the scout no, so this ahead is, of time. So now every time we come here. Every time. We now have to think like. We have to we have strategize. To, we have to watch out. For, and one time, yeah, one time we, I can't remember what it was. I had circled around the building for some reason. Uh-huh. Oh, because I wanted to like drift in the parking lot uh-huh. when it was snowing. Yeah. And we saw this woman at her car and it was her. <laughs> it was Dulce. It, but I didn't slow down. I just kept driving and then parked around and we ran up front. But today was so humorous because, of course, we go in through this through the side door, which ultimately is, leads to the second floor, to the right next to the office. The first door right next to the office is perfect. And I stop. Something tells me to just stop and listen. And I stop and I wait for about three seconds. And I hear the sound of... Small little wheels rolling along the floor, and I immediately know what that is. It's a fucking mop bucket. And here, the moment I'm following Victor, I'm like, why is he stopped? And then suddenly, like, two seconds later, yeah. I suddenly hear the rolling of, yeah. the, of the bucket. I'm like, oh, well, that's intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're there for, what, maybe another 30 seconds? And Victor's like, listening. Here, I'm listening. Think, do you think she's gone? I'm whispering to Rick. Yeah, we're literally whispering in the own goddamn stairwell. Yeah. Like, see, like, do you think she's gone? It's like because I could and then, hear and, the but, wheels, but I couldn't tell where they were because where they were, there's tile, but there's thin carpet. I I couldn't gauge the distance of the mop bucket from where we actually. It's were. hard to tell, and we're balls deep in already. So I yeah. mean, <laughs> like at this point, Victor's like, okay, well, we've already stopped and waited. Like, maybe she's there. Maybe she went into the one of the side offices there. Uh, uh, and then he get, you go to open the door. And you're like, wait just a second. Ricks, you got first. Yeah. Like, here, I'm going to give you. And then you you proceed to detail out, like, yeah. a three-minute plan of what I'm going to do. Like, code signs and yeah. stuff like that. I'll turn around <laughs> and make sure. And I'm just like, uh, all right, well. And so I, I go out into the hallway. And... Uh, I do what Victor tells me, which is to act very inconspicuously and to to open the door and and which start people then to, act conspicuously yeah, when they're told. Of course that. they <laughs> do. I mean, no, that's you were fine. Obviously, you were totally what I'm going to do. So I open up the door. I'm like struggling with it. I'm like, yeah. oh, like I'm like thinking in my head. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. She was just here, so she locked both doors. Yeah. And open up the door, 
and I, I turn around to close it, and she's staring directly at me. And no I'm just way. like, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, how can I make this an expensive? I'm just like, and I shake my head as I turn, not in a way that's like shaking my head at her. I'm just yeah. like, I'm hoping you can tell. Yeah. As I it go into very, the office, it was very subtle. And I'm just like, all right, I'll come back out in like 15 seconds and see where she's at. I come around the corner. She is just turning and walked around the corner. I'm like, go, come, now. All right, here we go. But the fact that we have to go through this, like, Mission Impossible style (laughs) engagement pretty much every single night that we record here is (laughs) one of the most uh, amusing things, I think, behind the scenes of Stream of Thought that I I, experience. uh, It was funny because I thought of... uh, It's an ongoing saga. It's like our sound issues. have (laughs) Have you seen Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage and Angelina Jolie? Giovanni Ribisi is in it. Many, many so years there's ago. so I don't really remember. there's a scene in the movie. They're boosting cars to help save his little brother, right? And somehow, like the he was a known car booster, and somehow Can you give the premise of the anything, or and, do you just like yeah? But let me, let me get to the, okay. the this right. one scene. And somehow the detective like catches wind that he might be up to something. This guy who left town, Nicholas Cage, left town was a known thief. Comes back and he's like, something's up if this guy is back. And so there's a scene. Where Nicolas Cage is reaching for the door handle of a car to get to go into it to steal the car. And he reaches his hand to the door handle and he stops. And he looks up. And a few houses down, there's a van. And then he takes out a picture that he had taken. The van is parked at a different spot, like in a different driveway. And so he realizes that someone's watching him. So then he pulls his hand away and he's, he says some, some code word over the... Uh, over the over the walkie, like, the ladies are dirty or something like that, which means just abort. But the fact that he had put his hand up, he stops. He looks up and just, they just have to leave. Abort mission. And that's what I felt like when I walked up to this, I walked to the top of the steps and I was thinking of all the times, like, we've come pretty close. We've kind of hear her, just the different interactions we've had. And I was like, you know what? Stop. A couple seconds go by, and the, we hear the wheels, and I think, "Wow!" It's one of those spidey senses are tingling. Spidey senses tingling. It was yeah. it was something to behold because I did not think anything of it. I'm like, "Well, maybe whatever." But the fact that you paused for those three seconds, <laughs> and suddenly we hear the yeah as it rolls away. That was pretty cool. It was quite amusing. So yeah, and it it has been one of those things where uh, I will. Well, Victor's editing the episode, I will go to the bathroom or something like that, and Dulcie will be out in the hallway cleaning, and she's like, oh, is Victor? Is Victor there? Oh, really? And and she will try and engage me. Like, I don't speak Spanish, yeah. so I, I can't really communicate with her too well. But um, I always try to find a way to just you know, gently say, you know, we're in the middle of yeah. something, basically. Yeah. Have a good night. Good to see you. Good to see you. Right. Kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, you are just... So nice. You're, so, you're such a polite young man. I feel like you give, oh, you respect your elders, and so you <sighs> you endure the abuse of what we have to deal with on a regular basis. Spidey said, and and all I have to do is say, oh hey, you know, I really I got to get going right now. It's been nice talking to you, but I can't even bring myself know, to do that. I know it's kind of painful to watch. Spidey sense tingling. It's like being <laughs> in the dentist's office for a conversation. Um, yeah. Okay, switch so now things that up. Done, now yeah. that we're done with that. So remember how we were trying to figure out the whole hard drive situation the other day? Mm-hmm. And I, my external hard drive is 500 gigabytes. And when I was trying to do this thing at my house, I was like, why does it say there's not enough space? I don't understand. 
And then I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot. I had ordered a 500 gig hard drive, right? And then what I had done was because I needed more, um, I needed more memory and uh, just like overall everything on my laptop when we started doing straight up. So I had purchased new uh, larger memory cards and I put them in my computer and I also had switched out the hard drive. So my laptop has the 500 gig hard drive. Oh, so my external okay. hard drive has my Mac <laughs> yeah, hard drive, which is only 120 yeah. gigs. That would make sense. That's why yeah. and I was like, oh, duh. And then I was trying to think like, well, um, what can I do? And I thought, wait a minute. My PlayStation 3 is a 500 gig hard drive. I only use my PlayStation for ex- super minimal things. I rarely play video games, of which I only have two, which I don't really play at all. What video games? Grand Theft Auto Five. You were there when we. Oh when yeah, the, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Grand Theft Auto Five yeah. and Call of Duty. One of the Call of Duty okay. games. Wow. And by Many no means ago. am I a gamer or utilize no. the PlayStation Three to its full potential. I but. use it sometimes when I feel like going on a kill spree. <laughs> and um, when I access Netflix or Amazon, or if I want to play a DVD, yeah. that's the only time I use it. So I did some detective work, and I went online to figure out how to open up the PlayStation 3 hard drive. And I remember this feeling that I had a couple years ago when I replaced the memory cards and switched out the hard drives a few years ago for my Mac. I just It felt really cool to be a little techie. Like, it felt, it's like, mm, this is, I'm interested in this. This is a newfound interest. I really like this. And so I'm taking out the hard drive. Of course, I didn't know because I don't really know this type of stuff. Someone's probably out there thinking, like, well, of course a PlayStation 3 memory card or a hard drive isn't going to work in a Mac laptop, you idiot. Like, I didn't know that. But it felt really good, again, to switch them out and yeah. unscrew stuff and plug things in. And um, I eventually just had to purchase a new external hard drive. So I got one, oh, one that's nice. one terabyte. Oh, the big, yeah. the bad boy. It was man. less than 50 bucks. Yes, I know. So that was They've pretty sweet. so inexpensive these yeah, days. I yeah, I know. That's kind of funny, though. <laughs> you thought that a PS yeah. memory. I just uh, thought, I was like, well, I had a no, moment, I was like, I mean, aha. Yeah, well, I mean, why not try it out? Yeah. I, uh, off the top of my head, I don't know why that, I mean, yeah. maybe not. But uh, I don't know, because to me, a hard drive is a hard drive. I don't a hard drive is a hard drive. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, if you can store memory, you can, it, I mean, yeah. really, isn't that the whole concept yeah. isn't compatible. And so um, and so I spent a few hours today uh, organizing some of the folders that I have, just cl- de- like going through and renaming things and deleting things I didn't need, which felt really good. It does. It and, does. Uh, it takes forever and it's kind of... Well, it's funny because I, I got rid of only three gigs of stuff, but I went through like old VNR stuff, acting stuff, just random things and uh it felt really good renaming them and completely reorganizing it because last thing i want to do is when i back everything up on my new external hard drive i don't want to have i don't want to have it i want to have it as completely organized as possible okay so i'll give you sort of my initial thoughts based off of this as somebody who's just delving into this and coming from somebody who i feel like is relatively i mean i i have a two terabyte hard drive and mm. like 70% of it is filled up. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean most of I it's only have on my laptop like 300 and some it's um like 350 most gigs maybe. Don't have a ton of no. stuff. I know my brother has a ton cuz he like pirates music and stuff like yeah. that. And and if you do that with movies or music and stuff like that, but most of mine is editing software mm-hmm. that takes up the space, video and audio, etc. But 
it's really important and it's really useful to be able to sort of uh, do the the grouping tree process is like what do you use for what areas of your life and how do, how can you like categorize that so that they're super easy to find, make them instantaneously available because you'll find yourself going back to the same folders over and over again and going through the same processes. Okay, I have to go to my desktop file, then I have to go to the Victor file, and then I have to go to my documents file, and then I have to go into a subfolder there, and then there's a file there. And so you've clicked like six or seven times when if you sort of organize everything right, add stuff to the quick access tab and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. make it simple. Make it one click and all that. It's just figure out what files you use the most common and be able to make those just one click accessible. Yeah. I um I went I have my old MacBook Pro from 10 years ago that I had in in college and shortly thereafter college and um I looked on it just I can't remember why oh I think I was going to maybe see what the size of that hard drive was too and that was super minimal. That was like only a 90 gig hard drive or something like that. Yeah. But um, I went through and I found some old videos that I had taken when I was in college. When I went to freshman year of college, I bought a, I had a camera, a little oh, digital, a goodness. little digital camera. You know, that was at the time. For the kids listening, cameras yeah. were the things yeah. that you cameras used actually took pictures, take pictures yeah. instead of your phone. Yeah, yeah. I had a camera. Uh, its sole function was to take pictures and video, and only take pictures and video. With- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. They couldn't make a call and so, and access the internet. I believe when I bought this camera from Best Buy in like July or August of 2006, it cost like three or four hundred dollars, yeah. and it was maybe like four megapixels. Oh my god! Four right, megapixels. That is crazy. To think I want to say it was like. It wasn't like the high end camera. I want to say it was like one or two levels below whatever what at the time was like the best camera out mm-hmm. there. And I buy, and I buy this camera because when I went to college freshman year, like I was taking pictures and videos. And this too is at a time when there wasn't the um, the taboo of taking pictures and videos when people are out drinking. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that hadn't really existed. That's yet. right because no one was because really doing it. Facebook was no. just no. became available. There was no social media for if you took a picture, students. it was just for you. Yeah, like no one else in your mind. If you took a picture, no one else was ever going to see it. Right, like maybe a couple of your friends, but yeah. that was it. It was for personal use only. In video too, it wasn't like you don't have to worry about it going on the web. You Never. know what I'm saying? Never at this at this time. And so I have some videos. Dude, one of them was something that we talked about. I was – because I would go through parties with the camera recording, just like checking stuff out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I see three girls making out with each other on the couch, like all shit-faced, all friends, like, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I got on camera. It's just like a few seconds. You know, like, you're pretty. No, you're pretty. Did you bring this footage? I have it in my – on my computer. I'll – we should, insert, <laughs> we should insert an audio clip right, right here, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I think uh, I have like a couple other things. I have a, a Neil's in one of the videos because when he was visiting Purdue and like his cousin Frank is dancing to this one song. Oh my God, Frank! And I have also a video of myself, Danny, and Cooper at Newton Park, uh, summer two thousand and seven, and we're like fucking around by this tree. Because we were super high on mushrooms that day, and like I just took a we, I just took a golf club, and I just like felt like throwing it into the tree, 
and it got stuck in the tree. And so then the three of us are trying to get this golf club out of a tree. And like, there's, you see us like taking the golf, the other golf club that we have and like throwing it up to try and knock it down. Cooper's like pulling on a branch. Someone else like breaks it off. Like, and all of us too, it's in the, it's in the middle of the summer. And so all of us also are only wearing shorts. We don't have any any shirts on. We're not wearing any sandals or shoes and socks. We're just walking around the park barefoot without a shirt with just our shorts on just not hanging in out california yeah it's suburban chicago so that was another one yeah. and there were a few others with like people who were really i only hung like, out you with told me that story and i'm that like yeah it. that sounds exactly like what you oh yeah you know that one the summer of 2007 yeah yeah I, yeah and i've heard the videos of people i'm really not friends with anymore they're only we we're only friends for like a year in college yeah, you're totally gonna post on facebook but um I have some some of those videos. Oh no, I have a video of uh, I have the video of you. We're in Billy's basement when they're like, "Okay, Ricks, uh, this is a, a trick shot. Like, it's either going to go to the left or the right. It's usually the left." And we put a quarter in the middle of it. I remember. And the this. idea was I like, you hit this. the ball, and when it hits that quarter, it pops up and hits the person in the nuts. <laughs> and you saw it coming, and it pops up, and you whack it away with your with your hand, and then you like run after Billy. And did that bear hug and grabbed him, and we're all laughing, and then, like, the video is over. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, you're, you just, you literally brought back yeah. flashbacks of, like, childhood I'll memories. I'll have to, uh, Well, because that was really one of the first times that stuff was ever recorded. So, I yeah. remember watching that after it was taken. The video was taken with, what? Uh, it was taken But with then, the, at the end of the video, I had, like, two or three people who also got it on video on their flip phones. And yes. we're all laughing, yes. and you can kind of see the image in the phone, but people have recorded it with their flip phone. And I, what, what do you remember how you recorded it? Was it on a camera, or was it? On I, a it, it, it had to have been on my camera because the quality was pretty. It was it didn't look like it was on a cell phone. Because I remember watching it. Af- I remember watching it afterwards after everyone yeah. had sort of calmed down, and I killed Billy. Yeah, um, we had we had watched it afterwards, and yeah. I mean, that was – it was cool because it was one of the first things that mm-hmm. was recorded that, that I remember. And I have a video where, like, it's you, me, and Julie Carey. We're at Julie's house hanging out, and um, there's a video of us. Like, it's not that long. That's It's, like, yeah. 30 seconds or something, but yeah. – yeah, I got. I just wish that I had more. You know what I'm saying? I know those precious memories yeah. from childhood, where you're like, "This was a novelty back then," and yeah. we really took it for granted. And don't forget too that the amount of stuff that we could record was very limited. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we, like people were used to recording for two minutes at the most. Yeah, no more than that. Yeah, I don't like even 30 know. Thirty seconds, fifteen seconds. Maybe. I don't even know. Uh, what size my memory card was super small i'm sure i'm sure yeah. it was like a, a i have a megabyte or something that's probably like, like two megabytes like i have no idea like but you know what i did find in my um in my drawer in my dresser the other day in the top drawer i was it's one of the things i see it every time i open up my drawer but i took a minute this time to like take it out and just look at it and see what the size was it was a floppy disk yeah all right yeah it was a blue floppy yeah. disk and I look to see what the memory is, and it's like four gigs or no, four megabytes or something like ridiculously small. And it, it and um, it maybe if you if you could somehow use it today on a computer, it would maybe be able to hold one word document. <laughs> maybe you know what I'm saying. Well, it's interesting because, and I'll say if this, it was a, if it was like Word Doc X, like the most updated 
word, you yes. know, like yeah, maybe yeah, 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 one yeah, document. It wouldn't even be compatible on something like that. But I mean, like you just reminded me that yeah, like I still have I still have a couple of floppy disks because uh when I first wrote my first book, I was in uh eighth, no, uh freshman year okay. of high school and I had saved it to a floppy disk so I could work on it at school and I could work on it at home and and wherever. And I found it recently, but in the floppy disk itself, there's maybe like 12 files files or whatever, but a Word document is something like uh, a quarter of a gig or something like that, Mm -hmm. even an extensive Word document. But I mean, dude, like that was... That was essential. I don't know if you remember having to have a floppy disk for, like, school projects towards the end of school time. That floppy disk, I used that I had in high school, school projects on that yeah. same floppy disk. Yeah. Well, because near – I eventually near the end of high school, like, by junior year, I had, like, a USB drive that I used. Back when, like, PowerPoint was starting to become a thing um, as well. I had a USB drive that I started to use. And I still – I used a floppy disk for stuff, but I started to use the USB drive because I want to say it could just hold more and it was just easier. And I believe it was getting to the point where there were maybe some computers that didn't have a floppy disk drive. So it was like maybe like – Well, Macs. Maybe Macs never had – like for computer labs that had just yeah. Macs, like they didn't – I don't think they had – did they have floppy disks? I don't recall. I didn't get – I mean we had a I, Mac – they had to have. We had a Mac. Um, yeah, they would have had to. In the ni- early 90s, my dad had one. The big cube. No, not like. the before that. Before Mac made its comeback. It was like oh. the 1994, uh, 92 maybe. I don't know. It was right after the the Lisa computer, I think. I think it was the first Macintosh. Oh, wow. Because Apple had like the Lisa before the standard Mac. I only I know that because I saw the Steve Jobs movie. Yeah. yeah. I think it was like one of the first actual Ma- uh, Macintosh models. And then the iMacs that came out with all the different colors, those came ba- out when Steve Jobs returned and like saved them from bankruptcy. And then that's so this was when before Mac- Steve Jobs returns yeah. that you, you had the – what, you had the Mac? Or no, your, my dad. Your, your, I sorry, your dad. Well, I don't know when they fired him. I can't recall. He may have still yeah. been there when they bought when they bought it. That he was there, but there was like but a, he had like the he had an early early edition. There was like a four or five year period, I think, where he wasn't working. Correct. I can't recall. Yeah. It was about but four yeah. years. But the Nicholsons, I would always go to Lee Nicholson's house because he lived up the street from me, and yeah, uh, his right. dad was a huge guy for Max, and uh, that was the iMac is when they revamped the company, and like Max became cool. And everybody wanted them. Remember that? I do remember Late that. Late 90s. Now, I, you know what? You mentioned Lee Nicholson. Maybe, 98. And I just remember, like, he was a very eccentric dude. But if his dad worked for Mac no, or his Apple dad didn't or... Work. No, I don't know what his dad did, actually. Okay. Because I just remember him being a very sort of, like... He seemed more of an uh, West Coast type yes. personality than he yes. did a, a suburban. His Midwestern. dad is a super groovy guy. A like super his, groovy yeah. guy? No. <laughs> his dad is like okay. real like – his dad is super chill and like super cool okay. and relaxed. Mm. Yeah. I Yeah. I would not know. Yeah. But it is it is incredible to think back then and just computer labs and all that. Now everyone has their own – Laptops, and that's the thing too that I've noticed. 
especially uh, comedians, late night comedians, and all the talk shows, whenever they mention school, like schooling or schooling experiences, they'll mention stuff like chalkboards or mm-hmm. like what even whiteboards. I mean, like I don't. Do they still use whiteboards? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I feel imagine. like everyone just has their computers, and that's the primary source of communication. The just like overhead, you the, know, oh, the, exactly. Plugging People in say, and we'll say the overhead, the the warm up period of like yeah. the. Like, is it on? You can't, you're trying to squint in the light. Like, is it on? Like, yeah. everyone turn off the lights. Like, let's turn see if, the let, lights. let's see if it's still Make sure working. you're not using a Sharpie oh, oh, when you're writing not, It's not working? Thing. Okay, we gotta, we gotta dial up on the phone to the, the, yeah. the, the custodian and yeah. see if he can come in and, and jiggle around some cords and yeah. get everything to work. Oh my gosh, over. We would wait, like, yeah, we would wait, you know, sometimes 30, 30 minutes. To, an so entire funny. class period. I've it, never really taken the time to think about the overhead. And the amount of time that was wasted on technology and school. having to focus, having it, like, having to try and adjust it. I mean, even the, the markers running the, out. And the shit. projectors with the magic markers and the and the clear plastic stuff that math teacher like they'd write math equations on. Yeah, over the class. Yeah, the the hulking machines. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I we, we, a, we got we got. I feel like we got to experience for both a worlds. Spanish project. I had to like go to Kinkos and make this uh, document like. I went to Kinko's because I had these pictures that I was doing for a Spanish presentation, and I was using the overhead, so I had to have them, like, become transparent. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah. Like, Kinko's yeah. did that for yeah, me. Yeah, that's gave right. a piece of paper, they do something, and then I have the transparent I had to do that for class, too. Yeah, that's right. That and uh, and it, it's interesting, too, because you, like, I ended up going to graduate school, so you, I don't know if you were still in school for that period where computers were the thing that... Like, everyone would just take notes on their computer or whatever, or 90%. There were a lot of people in my lecture halls in at undergrad that did notes on computers. And I tried that for, like, half a semester. And it's like, I can't do this. I, need I tried a, it, too. I need a, it did not work. I no. need a notebook. Yep. <laughs> it was the same thing. But getting to uh, seminary, getting to graduate school, by the time I graduated there, it was, like, 80% of the people really? in the class, myself included, I was taking notes on my computer. I'd prefer to do that over – I had made the transition just because technology has had advanced enough that it's like it is – teachers are putting their materials online as well. So you can access both their materials as well as take notes and anything else that you need to do, like a video or something like that that they, that they wanted to show. And it just became very convenient uh, and easy to use that even people who are – you know. 50, 60, 70 years old are able to make yeah. it simple. It's like, oh, well, you just need to press this button and suddenly, you know, everyone has the document. Yeah. Like, and so everyone can pull it up. Yeah. Um, but the fact that we started out back in like 2000 and 2000, like 2001, like junior high or whatever, we could have never foreseen. Like we were handed the the school planners at the beginning of the year and that was what we were supposed to take our notes in yeah. and write our dates down and Everything was handwritten, and I mean, we could have never foreseen. Everything that I did in six, all of my book reports, everything that that I did for the most part was handwritten. Like my book reports were all handwritten. Really, in sixth grade, I hand wrote them, and um, with the exception, the only stuff that was printed were like those big, extensive projects that we did that would take like several weeks to do. Where it was like, okay, the project begins by them teaching us how to properly cite our resources and then we had days where we go to the library and it was something that was like a big project that the entire team 
focus oh, was focusing right. on, yeah. on doing. Yeah. And like we, you had to turn it in. I remember one project I had to turn it in with like a, you know those those plastic, uh, the it's like a plastic folder. The top sheet is see through, and then there's a tab that you can pull out so you can stick the paper in it, and then you push the tab in so it clasps the paper together. So it's like a nice little presentational thing. Like one of those. That was really the really time. cute. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? Uh, I, I have to say, this is one of those experiences that differentiates me from my peers as you're explaining that and the wonder of magic clip-on and <laughs> see-through binders. Uh, my grandfather was a book printer. And so when he retired, and I think that was around the time, I want to say that I was entering junior high school, he ended up, um, I believe he, he owned the... Or, yeah, he. I believe he owned the printing company, and but anyway, he got a lot of the materials from the printing company that he he was at, and gave them to all of his family, mm-hmm. like all of his children, grandchildren, all that. But that included stuff to make basic, uh, like presentation binders and stuff like that. So even for junior high reports, I remember I ended up doing a report on Jelly Belly Jelly Beans that was literally like. It was like the stamp pressed and like it was like book book bound <laughs> yeah. and like a, a thick thick nice paper cover yeah. textured cover yeah. like nicely printed all in color graphs charts you open it up it's just it's it's a wonder wonderful magic land of I don't like even have to read technology. this this is an A plus and every single one of them I would get an A on yeah. every single one and the teachers would be like you really you went a little overboard yeah. on this. It would always be in those words like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. Or, or oh my goodness, you, like you uh, spent a lot of time on this like simple project that we were asking you to do. But it was one of those things where I think it was my mom who was like, well, we have it. Like, just use it. It's a nice, it's like a report that you yeah. worked a long time on. Like, make it look nice. And so I turned it in and I'd always get an A. It was yeah. like my secret weapon. My, my book binding. My project I did, I think in like background. sixth grade was... I think I did like on manatees or something like boring. And then I did my other one like in eighth grade or seventh grade, I don't know, was on uh, the game Monopoly. I did this all this research on like the history of Monopoly and everything. Like the only thing I remember. Do you remember anything? I only remember like two things and that it they made it during the Great Depression and it and um and that it was an idea stolen from a woman who had actually been anti-capitalist. I didn't know that, or maybe I That's did. That's actually forgot. the background. Of and Monopoly. the other thing that I learned was like the <laughs> longest game of Monopoly played in a bathtub was seventy-two hours. Like some random ass fact. So you didn't remember the fundamental core dude, of this the is concept like, of Monopoly, this which is, is that it was a stolen idea. Dude, this from is like somebody almost who was twenty years ago. Monopolies. This is like almost right. twenty years ago. Okay. I don't remember this. Well, good. I'm glad that education taught you well to yeah. appreciate capitalism for what it is. Yep, it's a thieving, lying bunch of <laughs> you know what's really on your mind i don't know man yeah but that's what i remember <laughs> so uh with in regards to we because i mean we're not going to make this necessarily time specific but march madness because we are in march now yeah are you have you because i feel like in college being at Purdue, of all places, they tended to get into the tournament. Let me tell you this, all right? So I got the email the other day that Selection Sunday has been completed, and uh, I filled out my bracket because it's like the third or fourth year with me I and totally my, forgot to fill out a bracket this year. All my college <laughs> friends. 
Purdue is ranked number two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I had them going. This is, listen. I had them going to the final and losing. <laughs> I've got North Carolina oh to win it all. Oh, my God. Uh, why not just have Purdue win it all? Why not? Why not? Because What's Purdue. What's the harm? Listen. What's the harm? Because Purdue. Because you're scared? Listen. Of greatness? No. Because Purdue, much like a few Chicago sports teams we know, does extremely well, and then they let you down. Yeah. All right? That's fair. Okay. So That's so, you, you, so, you, so you want it in your own mind and to give you this. some consolation by bringing them to the final four of all places no, or to the, the championship game. And then losing but to North you know Carolina. What? The, the, to losing to North Carolina because... I can't just I can't give myself that sort of hope. Yeah. <laughs> not not in this life. Um, because also the, the <laughs> that here's the is thing. Wonderful with you know with all due respect, I have zero loyalty to Purdue. Like which I don't, is kind of surprising because when I think about Purdue, I don't Big have, Ten teams. Yeah. I feel like the fan or like the graduates of Big Ten schools tend to be fans of Big Ten sports teams, whether it's football basketball, like, whatever. Like, if you're a Big Tenner, like, you're hardcore for your school. You're just bred to be that way. Yeah. I'm not like that. Wow. Because I have a life. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel like... (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. But do you feel like your fellow classmates are... uh, Like, do you feel like you're the exception? Or do you feel like you are... There's a fair number of people in your camp of just not giving a crap. There... I will root for them. And there's probably a fair amount of people who... Um, also, here's the other thing, too. I'm not from Indiana, right? Yes, and they do tend to, they do tend to, um, like, like puff up the chest a little bit. Indiana, Indiana. like, I- Indiana has, No offense, by the way, to our, Indiana, they have. to our one Indiana Let me tell you what listener. they have. All right. Let me tell Just you what they on. have. Yeah. They have the Indianapolis Colts. Are you really going to shit on the state of Indiana They right have, now? I'm not shitting on them. I'm giving you factual <laughs> okay. data. Okay? All right. They have the Indianapolis Colts. They have the Pacers, they have Purdue, IU, and the Indy 500, okay? They have five things, right? That's it. Let me tell you what they don't have that Chicago does have, okay? Oh, boy. Uh, like twice as many sports oh, teams, right. yep. a lake, yeah. Oh, okay. architecture, right. the, yeah, Wow. just world-renowned restaurants and hotels, like, it's another level. I'm not saying this to shit on Indiana. I'm just saying Listen, because your mind, being in the Chicagoland area or in the city, your mind is occupied up by things outside of, you know, the handful of items that Indiana has. What, what are, okay, I, I feel like we, uh, is there any quality that you can describe that is a true, truly of the Indiana spirit that is unique to somebody who's from Indiana that you're like, Yes, like you embody something about Indiana or something about Indiana itself that is just like, this is something that I can say is unique about the state. Or are they just a Midwestern? No, bro. Corn state. America. America. Dude, the Indy 500 is just as, if not slightly more, patriotic than the 4th of July. Have you been to the... Yes, I've been several times. And let me tell you, bro, there is more patriotism at the Indy 500 than your local 4th of July parade. Really? And that is a fact, dude. That is a fact. 
you said that with such such conviction. That there I'm like, is wow, more patriotism at the Indy 500 than did, did, your did, local 4th okay. of July parade. Did you feel like, as somebody who was attending the Indy 500, who, let me be honest, is not a, you know, patriot. <laughs> I don't want to say you're not a patriot, but, like, somebody who's not, like, super nationalistic. Someone who did doesn't you, did you feel the swe- Did you feel a swell of American pride Absolutely. in your chest? Where you're like... The moment this is what America's moment, about. Yeah, bro. The moment ah. you crack open your beer at 6 a.m. once you get oh, to the end okay. Yep. There we go. Woo! That is the spirit of America right there. A bu- Drink some a beer. Bu- a Budweiser at 6 a.m. Yeah. Yep. Drink some beer and watch some, some race some cars. Some beer over the cornfields. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, living in Indiana is real sweet. Yeah. I'm not shitting on it. Okay. Just, no, no, you know no. What I'm and that that is wonderful to hear because I was wondering like it was uh, the the difference between and i feel like it's a preference in culture too right if you like yeah. if you like a certain particular type of culture it's okay to gravitate towards those areas right i mean yeah. maybe but i think it's also important to experience those things because you weren't planning on ever living permanently in indiana no you weren't like yeah these are my people like yeah i'm, I'm totally just gonna nest here and the, you know set up my roots but the fact that you got a chance to like see and experience it's still Midwestern culture, but a, mid, a culture that's very different than a Chicago culture. Yes. It's like, oh, you know, I understand a little bit more about the nuances of the Midwest or something like that. Yes. Right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, that's exactly it. Because you're removed from this – from the – from the big city elitist mentality. There is there is a lot of prejudice, I feel like, in certain areas, especially the suburbs of Chicago, where you have a certain perspective about the way the world is supposed to operate and the way that a community is supposed to, like, behave. There is no – let me tell you, you – outside of it. So, yeah. Because, okay. I'll tell you this. So the state – what you were asking me a second ago. They have a – the entire state has a sense of community – from, you know, in the entire st- – as a state, right? Yes, as opposed to Chicago where it's like, – or Illinois where it's like Chicago and the rest of the state. Kind what of rest of the state? What? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, what are you yeah, 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 yeah. Springfield? Look, looking down what? on yes, that's the, exactly the rural it. hillbillies of Southern Someone Illinois. asked me the other day uh, or someone had like texted me. It's like, Wait, Victor, you're from Illinois, right? And I don't know who this number was, so I didn't respond back. But anyone who knows me would know, yeah, I'm from Illinois, uh, but it, it was jarring because I was like, to read that, you're from Illinois, right? Like, no, I'm not from Illinois. I'm from the Chicago, Chicago suburbs. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And no one, I think we maybe talked about this once before. Anybody from the Chicago land area never says, oh, I'm from Illinois, or if they're abroad or in another part of the country, I have to go back to Illinois. It's, I always have to it's, go back to yeah, Chicago. Yeah, Never, there is no identity with the state of Illinois. It is the city of Chicago. Yeah. And, you know, I I feel like uh, on where you, people from Chicago may have a negative perspective of someone, say, from Indiana, like rural Indiana, I feel like most of the country has a very um, particular perspective about Chicago and people from Chicago. That, like, we are blind to see because we're here living here well yeah but there's certain like characteristics of like you're from chicago and maybe it's just me being in the political arena but there's something about being from chicago that people are like oh well you're from chicago like you know the windy city which 
in reference to politics is always one of those things of, oh, you know, you're you're one of these like wannabe elitists. That, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Go, go says, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what my that's what like when when someone tries to either talk down on Chicago or like when they have that mentality, um, I just immediately that's my thought what i just said and like deflected like okay just come on stop wasting my time like what else, like what else is new what else is on your mind like well, in the fucking, same way that you wouldn't like up. refer to somebody from indiana as a, a hick or hillbilly no but here's here's the weird thing not weird but like here's the interesting thing about indiana right so you have one like the indie the state as a whole really is like your stereotypical midwestern you know it it rep it's a good a uh, place that can represent the Midwest as a whole. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Because you think of like, um, I mean, Iowa, for example, like you think of like corn all over the place and there's maybe like a few cities, quote unquote cities, if you can even call them hey, that. Hey, now. But Indianapolis is a, a populous metropolitan. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Crossroads of America, I think is what it says on there. On their South Bend. license plate. South Bend. But what I'm getting at is like you have downtown Indianapolis and then you have the suburbs, right? Yeah. And then right outside the suburbs, you just have like corn all over the place and like <laughs> farm, not corn, but like farmland. So yeah. like in where I was in like Carmel, Carmel Westfield, you have a modern suburb just like anywhere else. But then you just drive, you know, right outside of it and there's just farms all over the place maybe maybe that has to do with the cultural differences is that a place like indiana or indianapolis and the surrounding area like are more integrated with the rural community than the suburbs where you have like the suburbs serve as a buffer to the rural yeah like there is no connection between rural and suburbs whereas you you come to a place like indiana where you have cities where you have those distinct lines and they're close to yeah. each other. And so by necessity, you're going to have people from those different regions interacting totally. with each other. A lot of people, I would I would say a lot of people, maybe a majority of people who grew up in the suburbs or are living in the suburbs, their parents either grew up on a farm or they grew up on like their grandparents. Like they, there's much more exposure to that world already living in the suburbs than there is people here. So then to live in a place like Indianapolis, you're not considered like a city boy or something like that necessarily if you choose to live there? Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't say or, so, no. Like, there's not that stigma because I feel like, well, living in New York, living in, in the suburbs of Chicago and then going to Des Moines and all that, there's this attitude of like, are you a city boy or are you like a, yeah. you know, like a... Everything's integrated. Yeah. You know? And that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's it is pretty cool. I really liked living there a lot. It was fun. Everything is way cheaper and cleaner. Well, it's cheaper, but yeah. I mean, like this, I feel like the sustainability of living tends to be a challenge in places like that. Where why? Well, okay. So everyone complains about the fact that Illinois is one of the most highest taxed areas and states. You know, like the Chicagoland area, mm-hmm. the burbs, like. One of the most expensive places to live, not just in the country, but in the world. And so you have people who ask, well, you know, our taxes are so ridiculous. Like, what are we paying taxes for? This is so absurd and stuff like that. I think we take for granted the benefits of have like, the results of those high taxes. We have great roads. We have great security, fire protection. Like, 
general community building stuff. Yeah. Like, we're a very happy location. And, I mean, we invested money to make that happen. But, I, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you're not going to notice the difference just from a cursory glance or, like, a stereotype or, or living there for a couple of years or whatever. It just it, it takes time to be able to appreciate what a high cost of living is able to provide people. There's a trade-off between the what it takes to live in a place that offers the all these amenities and they, these perfect living conditions and not and sort of being on your own to fend for yourself in one form or another. Yeah, but it's they also um when I was I think when I was living there they started building like this huge sports complex. So in where I was living looks different now than it did 30 or 40 years ago. Like, it's really starting to okay. boom yeah. and grow yeah. as, like, a modern suburban-type place. You know, like, the plaza that... The shopping plaza by where I used to live, I don't know when that got built, but it wasn't there maybe, I don't know, yes. a, long, yeah, a while no. ago. And, and, and I'm saying, like, and, certainly there can be the infrastructure, but... And the thing, too, is they got their shit down to a T. Like, they're, you know how everything, for the most part here, it's very, and mostly like the city of Chicago, things are very, are done haphazardly and very, like, it's messy. What do you mean? Like, with, just with, like, politics and getting shit done and, like, it's not, how should I say, as efficient as it could be. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, that's fair. I mean, there there I'm are thinking, a lot in of... In my brain, I'm thinking more lines of construction. Like, it's just <sighs> this never-ending... I Yeah, I, I feel like my mom is listening to this right now and, like, screaming into the radio because I'm sure that she has her perspective. Oh, on I'm Because sure. as somebody who works in, in government, I'm sure she could probably school you as to, like, how it actually works. But go on. Like, talk about perspective. Talk about, like, what your perspective is from somebody who has no sort of affiliation with the field of what it is you're talking about. <laughs> wow! I, if, I, if I had a nickel for every, if I had a nickel for every time that I thought that when you were talking about something, I mean, I'm just thinking. I take out the machete and just chop your knees off from like Dude, right around there. I right can, around there. I should go back and li- re-listen to every episode and point out every time that you were talking about something that you had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Right, you're fair. <laughs> I apologize. We'll just end it right there. <laughs> no, we don't need to end it right there. Um, yes. All right. I'm very warm right now. Is it warm in here? It's always warm in it's here. Very fucking warm. It's always warm in here. Holy shit. Here, I'll say so, this. We'll end this. Uh, the the state government, in Indiana, doesn't just fucking shut down like it has in here in uh, yeah, Illinois. Ain't, ain't that true? So, we'll leave that. Wow. All right. I didn't mean to leave you in a sour mood. No, I'm not in a sour mood, but I know what I'm talking about no, when you I'm talking about things. No, you actually know what you're talking about. I was kidding. Don't take it so um, serious. Oh, so serious. Uh, but yeah. I'm good. And I'm really warm right now. I know. Me too. I'm talked out. The temperature has risen by like 15 degrees oh, in the, the past five minutes. It's always it's so crazy. hot in here, and we always forget to open the window but and close them afterwards, too. Yeah, I know. Until next time. Until next time, as we open the window and forget to close it before we leave, and I get yelled at. <laughs>